All right, good to see everyone here today. How many can just lift your hand to heaven and say, I'm so thankful to the Lord for life and life more abundantly. His goodness, his mercy, his grace. Amen. It's overwhelming, isn't it? Amen. How, how the Lord loves us and draws us in and really does so much for us. You know, I don't know if this is a, not going to be a Thanksgiving, um, typical Thanksgiving uh, message today, but I believe nevertheless we've got to be thankful. Amen. The Bible teaches us to be thankful in all things, for everything, in every situation, and on all occasion. That means when it's going well, we're still thankful. That means when it's going bad, we're still thankful. That means when it's rough, we're still thankful, amen? That means when we don't, the prayers that didn't get answered, we're still thankful. <laughs> Anybody? Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I want to just thank the Lord today and um, really for his goodness and everything that he's done in my life, but also in what he's doing in your life. And today is Baptism Sunday. We're so excited about that. Love Baptism Sunday. Um, and uh, I know that it was said that, uh, you know, everybody's invited, but uh, we're not going to be able to probably host everyone and see it all at the same time. There's been some questions about, uh, can we get it up on the big screen? Uh, can we do live stream? And right now, at this point, we can't do that. We don't have the technology. However, right? Next year, we're going to be um, putting some of our, our money and finances towards uh, some new tech and media and kind of beef things up, and we'll talk about that. Um, so today, at, if you're going to be baptized, I saw the list, a uh, tremendous um, list of people and excited for them today, and just a new chapter in your life, new day, new life in Christ, and uh, excited about that. Um, wanted to say just real quick, at the end of the service, immediately after the service, I know there's a prayer team that's usually here. What we're going to do is we're going to ask the prayer team to kind of shuffle over this side a little bit and pray for people who want prayer. But then those that are getting baptized, just make your way up here uh, after the service real quick. We're going to have some t-shirts for you. You need to pick those up before you get changed. And then either go to the bathrooms uh, in the back or downstairs. Uh, and there's other places you can get changed. Um, hopefully the host team and some of the other ushers or um, greeters or whoever, ushers, will kind of direct you in that. So if you don't know where to change, we do have a lot of places here to change. Um, and so we, we just want you to do that. So there's a little instruction there. And then come back up on the stage immediately, uh, up on the stage, and we're going to uh, get ready to have a burial service. Amen. For the old man, the old life. Amen. And new life in Christ. Starting today for so many. We're so excited about that. Amen today. So uh, also, I just wanted to throw this out. I did mention, uh, I think last week or maybe the week before, that today, not only is Baptism Sunday, would be Vision Sunday. So as I got thinking about it and prayed a little bit about it and uh, kind of, you know, sought some counsel on it, I feel like it's best that we just kind of focus on baptism today, and we're going to have Vision Sunday for December 10th, okay? That's going to be Vision Sunday, uh, December 3rd. Dr. J is going to be with us December 10th. will be Vision Sunday, and then... At the Vision Sunday, we talk about what God's done. We thank the Lord for what he's done this last year. And then we look forward to uh, what God wants to do in the next year. And we take a year-end offering. And so the offerings will be taken the 17th and the 24th. So we're going to be doing our year-end offering those two Sundays. And so December 10th. From December 10th on, if you would like to give any time and any way, you can do that as well. And so we're going to be um, discussing that. So I know a lot of people. Uh, in fact, when I mentioned it, I think it was a couple weeks ago, about a Vision Sunday. 
I specifically said, if you're visiting with us and you want to, uh, you know, find out who we are, where we're going and everything, be here for uh, Vision Sunday on the uh, 19th. And uh, so if you're here visiting with us and you, you came specifically to hear about Vision Sunday, um, we have a great vision. There you go. Um, but it's kind of, um, our vision's kind of been moved to December 10th. So uh, apologize for that if you're here for that reason. If you're here and family and friends for the baptism today, amen, we want you especially, if your family and friends specifically here for the baptism, amen, we want you to be up there close on the stage, all right? Everybody else, amen, just kind of, amen, hang out back here. There's no way we can get everybody on the stage, amen, hallelujah. So we're thankful for that. Well, today we want to dive right into the Word, and uh, I think, like, maybe before we get into the Word, I just want to pray, and let's just thank the Lord, okay? So I don't know if you have a list that you ever go through and you're thankful for, but let's just come from our hearts, amen, let's just open in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to be together in your house with your people worshiping your name, and we just thank you, Lord, that, amen, today, that we have this opportunity. I'm going to take it right now. Thanksgiving is uh, several days away, but I'm not going to wait. I'm going to thank you today. And I thank you for breath in my lungs. I thank you for life. And I thank you not just for life, but I thank you for life and life more abundantly in Jesus Christ. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary for my sin and sickness and disease. And Lord, you've broken every curse over my life. I thank you, Lord, that you just didn't just stop there. Amen. You resurrected. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given me that resurrection power today in my life. Lord, Lord, and empowering me to be who you want me to be in the earth and complete the mission that Jesus started over 2,000 years ago. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. I thank you for the mountains. I thank you for the valleys. I thank you for the smooth road and the rough road, Lord. I thank you for the doors of opportunity, the things that you've given me, and I thank you for the times that you protected me from the things that would harm me, Lord. I thank you for bringing people into my life, Lord, that I need, Lord, that are blessing me and afflicting me, Lord, and testing me and proving me, Lord, and I thank you for those opportunities, and I thank you, Lord, for those that you've kept me from, and I pray, Lord, that you would continue to cause us to be thankful and grateful in every way, on every occasion, so that we can give glory to your name. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles or click on your device to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read two scriptures, and they just happen to be in the third chapter of each book uh, of these books in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 13, and then I'm going to read Titus chapter 3. So Galatians chapter 3. Amen. Just reading about what Jesus has done. So excited about, again, Baptism Sunday. It's one of my favorite things, uh, really, in, in the whole Christian. Um, I mean, it's, I love baptism being uh, the baptism experience and what the Bible teaches us about it. But I just want to go a little bit and, and kind of encourage you today and, and really talk to uh, you today about um, what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus continues to do for us and new life in Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says this, Christ redeemed us, I'm reading out of the NIV, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Amen. In Titus chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. 
Speaking of Jesus, Jesus saved us, talking to Christians, not because of right, the righteous things we've done. How many believe that? Not because of what we've done, but because of his mercy, he saved us. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law who became a curse for us. How many believe that? How many believe that Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law? Why? Because he became the curse for us so that we can, amen, come up under, out from under the curse of sin. When in the, in the Old Testament under the law, and the law has many blessings in it as, as well as cursings. And one of the things we realized is that if you did not obey the law, that you came under the curse of separation, sickness, want, desolation. You came under that curse. The Bible calls it the curse of law, the law or the curse of sin and death. Amen. Spiritual death and physical death. But the salvation that Jesus brings us, amen, through the cross, amen, at Calvary, this is what he does. He renews, he restores, and he reverses. <laughs> How many believe that Jesus reverses every curse? Amen. Now, I need, to, I need to hear it like I'm talking to Christians. How many believe that Jesus reverses every curse? Amen. Some people know what that I'm talking about. Amen. Jesus reverses every curse. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about reverse the curse. Amen. Jesus reverses every curse. He restores, renews, and reverses. But many times when we think of this word reverse, we talk about, amen, what it means is it means to reverse without going backwards. So instead of rewinding and doing everything over again or reliving past sins and failures, Jesus renews, restores, and reverses, right? So what does he do? He reverses that which was done. How many believe that? Jesus reverses that which was done. Amen. So the sin that you committed, when you come to the Lord, you repent of your sins, Jesus breaks the curse of sin, and he reverses what was done through sin in our bodies. Amen. And so the Bible makes it clear that Jesus reverses what has been done. He reverses that which was put in motion and changes the direction and therefore the destination or outcome of our lives. Amen. So Jesus reverses that which was put in motion through sin in our lives and changes the direction and the destination, amen, in our lives. And so, you know, one of the things I realized that if you don't uh, listen to God, if you don't let God change you, then there will be a backwards motion in your life and you'll start repeating what you've done before. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So it's a reverse without going backwards. Amen. Jesus became a curse, the Bible says. Jesus became a curse for us so that your direction and your destination will change. Anybody? How many have lifted your hand to heaven and said, my direction and my destination have changed through Jesus Christ? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read the scripture in Romans chapter 8 in verses 1 through 3. In Romans 8... Um, just a powerful uh, scripture, really Romans 6, 7, and 8, but 6 and 8 really talk about baptism and Romans 8. I love it. But this is what it says in verse 1 of Romans chapter 8. So, thou, so there now, he's talking about after what Jesus has done in Calvary, there is now no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ Jesus for the power of the life-giving spirit, this power that is mine through Jesus Christ, has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. 
We aren't saved from sin's grasp by knowing the commandments of God because we can't and don't keep them. But God put into an effect, amen, into effect, a different plan to save us. He sent his own son and human body like ours, except that ours are sinful, and destroyed sin's control over us by giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. Amen. The, the, the Bible I'm reading from, the translation of the New, New Living, or the Living, says that in verse 2, that Jesus has freed me from the vicious circle of sin. The vicious circle of sin. So again, if we're trying to just go backwards, you're going to keep going in this vicious circle of sin. But how many know Jesus breaks that circle? Jesus breaks the circle of dysfunction and brokenness and desolation and separation and sickness. He breaks the curse of sin because he became a curse for us. Amen. Aren't you glad for that today? Come on, aren't you thankful for that today? Amen, that Jesus became a curse for us so that we can live free from the curse of the law of sin and death. Amen? And so that's what the word repentance means. Repentance means a change of mind, but it also means that it's like a 180. You do a 180, you do a U-turn, you, you are going this way, and then you change direction and go the opposite way. Amen? How many know there's opposites in the kingdom? Heaven and hell, right and wrong. Amen. There's light and darkness. Amen. The Bible says in uh, Psalms that the path of the righteous is leading upward and onward, leaving hell behind. Amen. How many believe that's the path you're taking? Amen. You're going onward and upward, leaving hell behind. Amen. Aren't you glad that when you got saved, that's one of the things you did? I'm leaving hell behind. Amen. It's behind me, not in front of me. That's the destination change. Amen. And he has given us through his blood that he shed at Calvary, not only a direction change, but a destination change. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Two people. That's awesome. I, I'm so thankful for that. You know, in order to go in a, in a different direction, um, when you're, you know, reverse my direction on a road, let's say I'm going on a road and I want to reverse my direction. I don't put the car in reverse and go backwards. You don't do that, do you? Any sense, sensible person doesn't do it. You don't do that. That's not what the Bible teaches. I mean, that's kind of the picture of salvation. We don't do that. We don't put the car in reverse and go backwards. What do we do? We take a U-turn, we get in another lane, and we go the opposite direction. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? And so I reverse my direction without going backwards. That's what the Lord does. And in, in Jesus, our direction and our destination have changed, our position, our purpose of change. And how many know that the, the, the content and the course of your life changes? Amen. The content and the course of your life changes. Why? Because Jesus breaks every curse. Jesus breaks the curse of sin and death over our lives. Amen. Anybody have that curse broken over your life? Amen. How many remember the days you were living under that curse? Amen. Amen. You couldn't eat. You couldn't sleep. You couldn't, do, you couldn't drink the right drink to satisfy. Amen. You were living under the curse of sin. Amen. And Jesus breaks that curse. I just want to give you an example in the Old Testament of a man by the name of Reuben and, and the curse that Amen. He was living under in the picture of salvation. Amen. In Genesis chapter 49, turn with me to Genesis chapter 49. Amen. This is a story of a man by the name of Jacob who uh, was, 
you know, an heir, the Bible says, that when God appeared to Abraham and he made him a promise that I'm going to make you a mighty nation. I mean, how many believe God still remembers that promise? Amen. I'm going to make you a mighty nation. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to do these things. Well, Abraham had a son Isaac, and then Isaac had a son named Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. Uh, later in Jacob's life, he wrestled, earlier in Jacob's life, he wrestled with an angel, and the Bible says his name was changed to Israel. And so Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And so Jacob had these 12 sons. And as Jacob got older, and one of the things that happened in tradition uh, back in the day was uh, as you were a, a patriarch or a king, uh, what you would do is you would gather your family around you, specifically your sons, and you would, you would bless them. You would lay hands on them, and you would bless them, or you would curse them. <laughs> Amen. According to their life, according to their destination, according to what God was saying in their life and what you wanted to see in, in, done in their life. And so um, you, you, would, you would, a lot of times you would bless your children. And that blessing would stay with you for the rest of your life. That blessing or curse would stay with you and go with you for the rest of your life. And then it would be passed down from generation to generation, no matter what anybody in your family wanted to do. That's the blessing or curse that came on our family, and that's who we are, and that's how we live, right? And that's how it happened. So we pick up the story here, and Jacob called his sons together. He was dying and laying in his bed, and, and so he gathered his sons together, and his oldest son was named Reuben, and, and so he, he gathered them together, and he said in verse 2 of chapter 49, gather together and hear your sons, Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. He said in verse 3, Reuben... You are my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of my dignity, and the excellency of power. Verse 4, unstable as water, you shall not excel, because you went into your father's bed and you defiled it. Think about it. Here he is, gathered his sons together. And, you know, think about it. The 12 sons get together. All right, who's getting the car? All right, who's getting the land? All right, who's getting the house? Who's getting this? Who's getting the blessing? Who's getting all these things? Who's going to be the rich one? Who's going to be, you know, the, the, the famous one? And here, the firstborn, which is a, a shock to Reuben, because uh, usually the firstborn got the heritage they got the inheritance it was like given to them and they had the they had power of attorney and they were the ones that were uh, the ones that were kind of a leader of the family and this is what he says you are unstable as water you will not excel because you went in your father's bed the bible says and you defiled it let's give a backstory here in genesis chapter 35 reuben's 15 years old and the bible says that and as he and his family uh, Jacob came into this new land, and he, and he lived there. The Bible says in verse 22, And it happened when Israel dwelt in the land that Reuben went in and laid with his father's concubine, one of the what, young women, and, and, his, and Jacob heard about it. The Bible says he didn't confront him, but he heard about it. And the Bible says because of this, it followed him all his life. And at the end of uh, Jacob's life, he said, You didn't know I knew but I knew what you did. And because of what you did, you're unstable as water. You're unstable. I can't trust you. You're unstable. And, and even, even beyond that, you're never going to excel. So when he speaks to Reuben and he says, you're unstable as water and you're not going to excel, guess what he's saying? That the rest of your generations beyond you will never excel because of what you did. 
because of the sin that you committed, because of fornication that was in your life, you didn't think I knew about it, but I knew about it. When you were 15, you were crazy and wild and you thought it was cool to do that. And you thought, okay, I'm going to sneak a little morsel here and I'm just going to. Now, it doesn't say that they were in a relationship or how long, whether they met online. It doesn't say. It just says they went in and he slept with this girl and at 15 and here it is years later. And he said, because of that, what you did, you are unstable as water and you will not excel. Think about it. And so a curse came on Reuben from that day forward. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32, it says, Whoever commits adultery with a woman, meaning a woman is not your wife, meaning, uh, with, uh, lacks understanding. That it also uses the word fornication, and Jesus refers to this, and, and Paul refers to this as well. And there's the adultery, obviously, we kind of understand that. That's it's having sexual relationships or intimate relationships with somebody that's not your married partner. But he also says, talks about fornication, which is sexual sin outside of the context of marriage. Okay, that's what he's saying. So whoever does that uh, really lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Verse 33, a wound and a dishonor he will get, his reproach will not be wiped away. So here's what he says to, to Reuben, because you did that, because you committed fornication, because you did that, and he said, it's not going to be wiped away from your generation. You're unstable as water. You can't be trusted. You're shady. You're shaky. And, and everything you do, you live by your emotions. You see a girl, boom, you go out. That's all you do. And because of that, you're never going to excel. Because of what you did at 15, you're never going to excel. And you become whatever environment you are in and you allow yourself to be in. And his sin followed him. His sin came and he didn't even know it, but his sin followed him. Now, as you read a little bit about Reuben, there's not too much about him, but one of the things that happens as he gets older, as uh, things progress before his father cursed him, one of the things, the characteristics we see about him is in verse uh, or chapter 37 of Genesis, that the Bible says that he had a younger brother, his youngest brother, Joseph, and Joseph was given a coat of many colors. Amen? How many saw that musical, right? Okay. So he was given that coat of many colors, and the Bible says that his brothers were jealous, and of course he had the stream, and his brothers were going to bow down to him. And made him even more jealous. And the Bible says in verse uh, chapter thir uh, 37 that they were going to kill him. They were just going to annihilate him. Like, we're going to kill him. We're going to get rid of him. And it was Reuben who said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to partake of it. And we should not kill him. He showed mercy. And then after the Bible says that after they sold him into, threw him in a pit and then sold him into slavery, it was Reuben who was sorrowful that they ever did it. The Bible says that his heart went out to his brother. What did we do? This is, this is ridiculous, this is crazy. And then the Bible says when his father found out what happened, when Jacob actually found out what the brothers did to, to Joseph, Reuben was the one that said, we need to take responsibility for what we did. So we see this characteristic in Reuben's life that he showed mercy, he was sorrowful, and he took responsibility. And Reuben had mercy. And because of that, I believe God showed him mercy. I mean, the Bible says that if you have mercy, when you need it, God will show it to you. But if you're judgmental in the time that you need mercy, you're not going to find it. Hello. Anybody? 
So because of that, isn't that amazing about him? And so as years go on, we see this and, and this curse that was on Reuben's life. Even though he, he did some good things and he was very merciful and everything, it didn't matter what he did at 15, followed him for the rest of his life. And because of that, his father said, you're unstable as water, you'll never excel. Let's fast forward. Into, into the book of Exodus, and you'll see in, in that time of Exodus when the children of Jacob or Israel came out of, of bondage in Egypt after 400 years of, of being in bondage, the Bible says that they came out and Moses led them into the wilderness, right? We've talked about that before, and you know that story. The Bible says that as uh, this happened, one of the things that God spoke to Moses about is, I want you to remember the covenant that I made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I want you to assemble, amen, Israel together and start creating this nation. Get the tribes back where they need to be. Come on, how many know the story? You get the tribes back, the 12 sons of Jacob, right? Get them back, get all their generation. Uh, you know, this is 450 years later. So 450 years later, guess what's happening? The curse that was on Reuben's life is still in his tribe, is still in that generation, is still in his family. After 450 years, because of what he did when he was 15 years old, and his father said, you will never accept meaning your descendants will never excel. So every time everybody says something like, ah, the family of Reuben can't be trusted. They're unstable, can't ever trust them. They're never gonna excel in anything. Don't ask them to do anything because that curse is on them. Come on, somebody. After 450 years, that curse was still alive in his generations. Think about it. Not amazing, but something unique happened. There's a reverse that happened in this curse. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, this is about Moses. Moses is getting older. The Bible says that, you know, uh, and, and as he's getting older, he's dying. The Bible says he called the leaders of the tribes together, the 12 tribes together, and guess who was one of them? The tribe of Reuben, right? And what does he say? Now this, in verse one of Deuteronomy 33, now this is the blessing which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And Moses gathered all the tribes of Israel together, and guess what he said, very first person, let Reuben live and not die, let his tribe increase. Amen, literally, he brought back the tribe of Reuben and he said, guess what? There's a new day for your generation. There's a new day for your tribe. For 450 years, you've been living on this curse, but God uh, used Moses to speak a new blessing in his life and reverse the curse that his father put on him because of his past sins, amen? And he said, this is a new day for your tribe, Reuben. Amen, guess what? There's a new day. You're, you're gonna live and not die. Not, you're not just unstable as water. You're gonna be foundational. You're gonna be strong, amen? And everything you do is going to succeed and your generation is going to increase. I mean, you know, Moses spoke that word of, of reversal. Moses said in motion, amen, what Jacob, amen, said in motion and broke that curse over Reuben's family, amen. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Said it's a new day for your tribe. And Moses, amen, was a new father figure in the genealogy of Reuben, amen. His, his father, original father, Jacob, put a curse on him, amen, but Moses became this new father figure and he put a blessing on him, amen. 
And Moses saw something different in the tribe of Reuben. He saw this mercy. He saw this that was extended years before. He heard about it. Amen. How, Jake, uh, how Reuben was merciful to Joseph. How he had a pity and how he took responsibility and he repented. And Moses heard about it and he saw something different in the tribe of Reuben. Amen. At that time. See, Moses reversed that which is spoken over Reuben. And he changed the course and destiny of his generations. And how How many believe that just like Moses, Jesus sees something different in our life? Amen. Jesus begins to, amen, he becomes our new father. He speaks life over you. He changes the content and the course of your life. You've got a new father. You've got a new faith. You've got a new future. Amen. Because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Jesus breaks every curse of sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Reuben, he said, You're unstable as water. You won't excel. That was the curse. And some of you understand that even in your own life, you can't ever be trusted. People have said you can't be trusted because of who you are and what you've done. And, and some of you, because of this, this curse of sin, you've never been satisfied in your life. You've, you found this and you ran from this relationship to this relationship to this substance to this chemical to this idea to this kind of group of people and you thought if I became a better me, somehow I'll become satisfied. And you never found satisfaction because you're living under the curse of sin. You're unstable as water. You'll never excel. You'll never be settled. You're never settled inside. There's not a peace inside of you. There's not a true joy inside of you. How many ever remember being in sin, and I never forget one particular day, laughing my head off and saying in the inside, I'm really not happy. How many have ever been there? You didn't have joy. You didn't have peace. You didn't have assurance of tomorrow. You didn't know everything, and and in in your view, was for you and about you, and anything, any way you could use anybody else to fulfill any desire you had, that's all you lived for. There was no satisfaction. There was no settling. You could never be trusted because you were unstable as water. And you would never excel because of the curse of sin. This is who you are. This is what you do. This is because of what you've done. This is, this is your future. This is your destiny. This is your destination. This is the direction you're heading is the curse of sin. Come on, somebody. You'll never get out from under your past. You'll never get out from under your sin. You'll never be able to free yourself. But how many know, yes, as we read the scripture, we can't do it ourselves, but there's one that's already done it, amen. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, I'll become that curse. I'll take that curse on, amen. All those things that were spoken in the Garden of Eden that you would not do, all the curse of separation and sickness and disease and want and desolation, Jesus took them on himself so that we could go free so that we could have the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of God of relationship, the blessing in our generations, the blessing, amen, that God, amen, promises to those, amen, who follow him, the blessing of the Holy Ghost, amen? How many believe that Jesus reverses every curse and makes all things new, brand new? He renews, he restores, he reverses, amen, hallelujah. You know, the story of Jesus in his life, amen, I got thinking about this, this phrase, Amen, that was put on Reuben and this curse that was in his life reminds me of what Jesus did in my life. Amen. There's a story um, at the time of Jesus when he walked the earth that he was invited to a wedding, right? 
he was invited to a wedding at Canaan, the Bible says. And so he went, and this was kind of his, I guess, his reveal party, <laughs> amen, revealing the Son, amen, of God. And so he went to this, and the Bible says he turned water into wine. Isn't that what happened, right? He took water into wine, and the Bible says they ran out of wine, but they had these jars that just had common water, wash water in it. And the Bible says that Jesus turned water into wine. Amen. How many believe that it, it, it was just water until Jesus touched it? How I many know you were just a sinner until Jesus touched you? Amen. You were just water. You're common. Amen. There's nothing special. They were going nowhere, coming from no place. There's no purpose. There's no direction. Amen. The only destination you had was hell, the eternity without Jesus Christ. Amen. But Jesus touched your life and he turned ordinary water into wine. It's something valuable, expensive. Amen. That the king would want. Amen. Through his life, amen. And so I'm so thankful for that because the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness and breaks every curse of sin. The Bible says in John chapter eight, amen, declares that whoever Jesus sets free is free completely. I said, whoever Jesus sets free from the curse is free completely. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I would never want to go back and try to get that curse on my life again. Why in the world would you want to do that if you were set free from generational curses and generations of sin? Amen. I would never want to do that, would you? No. It doesn't make sense. Whoever Jesus sets free is free completely, the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus became our curse. It says that he redeems our life from destruction. He forgives and he forgets. Hello, is that what the Bible says? Yes, he says, I'll remember your sin no more. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far I'll remove your sin from you, amen. Hallelujah, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna go backwards and try to uh, and chase after some kind of sin that I was involved with, amen. I want to get away as far as possible. He breathes new life into you. He makes all things new. He reverses the curse. I'm so thankful for that today. Amen. amen. Are you thankful for that today? Amen. Today, the people that are getting baptized, amen, what's happening is we believe in Jesus and we know that he's the son of the living God. We believe that he is our hope of salvation. He, he's, he's, he's forgiven our sins, but now we receive the blood of Jesus. The blood that was shed at Calvary, that's what we do at water baptism. I say, I receive that, the blood that was shed for me and I cleanse my sin that is being cleansed for me and, and now I, I commit my life to Jesus Christ, the one who died for me, the one who really loves me like no Nobody else can love me. The one that's always with me. The one that promises me, amen, eternal relationship with him. The one that breaks the curse. Amen. I'm willing to, amen, come under, amen, the watery grave of baptism and bury the old man that's under the curse and come up a new person that has the blessing of the Lord in their life. Anybody feel that way? Amen. How many know that's what baptism does? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. So we, just say it again, that Jesus came to renew, he came to restore, and he came to reverse. Aren't you glad for that? There's nothing you can do to save yourself. There's no money that you can pay to the church and good works that you could do to earn salvation. It's all by mercy, all by grace, just because he loves us. That's hard for us to receive sometimes, but you know, if we just say, Lord, I receive your love for me. I receive in the midst of my sin and brokenness. But just like Reuben's father, he sees it. God sees it all. God knows it all. God knows who we really are. God knows what we've really done. How many know that? And aren't you glad that in spite of that, 
When many people reject us, guess who receives us? Jesus. He opens his arms and said, this is, you're the one I died for. You're the one I came for. You're the one. This is it. Yeah, but you don't understand. When I was 15, you don't understand. I, and he said, nope, nope. I'm here to break that curse. I'm here to give you something new today, new life. I'm going to make an exchange with you. You give me that curse. I'll give you this blessing. Amen. How many know this blessing of salvation is free? Free. Amen. You just believe in Jesus and receive what he's done at Calvary and, and commit your life to him and walk after him. And the Bible makes it clear that instead of rewinding and doing it all over again and, and reliving the past sins and failures, we can come to Jesus and he renews, he restores, and he reverses. Amen. He reverses that which was set in motion by our sin and changes our direction and the destination of our lives. Amen. How many believe that with all your heart today? So today, I don't know if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't know if you've ever repented from your sins. I don't know if you're a Christian and by the biblical standard of being a Christian. Maybe you've been a religious person. Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe your mom took you to church. Maybe you've heard about it all your life and maybe you've been around it. Maybe you've been exposed to it and, and, but yet you're still just wallowing in your sin and walking in your sin and you're just still lost and separated and broken and sick and wanting and desolate, amen, because you're still under the curse of the law of sin and death. Today you can be free. Today you can come out from that curse. Today you can receive the blessing of the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, you came that, became that curse for me so I don't have to live under this curse of sin any longer. And so we say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I fully repent. I fully intend to live for you and I give my heart to you, my life to you. Lord, I, I can't save myself, but only you can save me and give me eternal life. And so today if that's you, just pray that prayer and just say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. You may never heard from me before, but I'm, I'm, I'm calling on you today, and I want to be saved. I want you to cleanse me of my sin and wash me, and I want to be baptized in water, Lord, and become your disciple. I commit my life to you today. That's how easy it is. And maybe you're somebody here today, maybe you are a Christian, or maybe you're not a Christian, but you've been living a life that, of sexual impurity. You've been living a life of adultery, of fornication, and cheating, and lying, and sneaking, and and, and, and uh, all kinds of gratification of the flesh. Today, you just need to say, Lord, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I just, I, you know, and some of you may have a real issue and a real problem with that. But how many know Jesus can break every compulsion, obsession to get high and drunk and, and, and do everything that you want to do for yourself? Jesus Christ breaks the curse of that. Amen? If that's you today, amen, you just need to say, Lord, throw up your hand and say, Lord, I just thank you that you died on the cross for my sin, and I might have been a Christian, but I'm coming back to you, and I'm coming back to the fact, amen, that you love me and gave yourself for me, and that's the real life I want to live. I want to get out of this lane, and I want to get in this lane, amen, of righteousness and holiness, amen, amen. And for you as a Christian, maybe you're here and you've been a Christian a long time. Amen. I don't know about you, but amen. Today is a day to really thank the Lord for what he's, what he done at Calvary, what he's done at Calvary, what he did through the blood of Jesus Christ for you and me. Amen. Today's the day. Amen. To just say it extra again, over and over again. Lord, thank you. Amen. That you broke the curse of sin. Sometimes I get so busy and I get busy with Christian living and, and doing everything right that I just forget about it and I miss it. And I kind of just need to go back and just 
say, Lord, thank you today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for breaking the curse of sickness and disease over my life. Thank you, Lord, that the curse of sin that's come down through my generations has been broken in Jesus' name. Curses of witchcraft and sorcery and addiction and perversion and lying and stealing and cheating and, and, and getting the, the constantly uh, getting the best for myself. That's all broken through Jesus Christ, and I thank you for that today. And as a Christian, my full intention is to go show mercy to those who need mercy. Come on, somebody. I want to go, and just like Jesus, I want to look for those who are lost. I want to seek those out. I want to look real hard for those who are lost around me who don't know that the curse of sin can be broken, who don't know that they're under a curse and don't know that Jesus did that for them. Amen. Help me be that, amen, person that just infuses that gospel message to those who need Jesus. Anybody? Can you just say, Lord, that's who I want to be. Amen. Amen. And we just thank you for it. Father, we thank you for the day. Thank you. This is a, a beautiful day, a wonderful day for so many people in this room. A day when they're coming in one way and going out another, literally, in one direction and going another. Amen. You said that, Lord, that as we are baptized in water, we're baptized like Jesus was baptized in that tomb, in that grave. But, Lord, just like you came out of that grave, so we rise in newness of life through resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for that and thank you for the work of baptism today and we celebrate it with those who are getting baptized in the wonderful powerful name of Jesus we say all these things amen and amen